Hello, hello, and welcome to Shit You Wish You Learned in Grad School. I am your host, Jennifer Agee, Licensed Clinical Professional Counselor. With me today is Yael Schumann. She's a psychotherapist and the creator of Equipped Emotional Agility Training. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So tell me, what is something you wish you learned in grad school? It really is um, how to cope and navigate the holidays. The holidays are coming up soon. And I, you know, it's just hard with family and money and everything that goes on. It gets overwhelming and stressful. And so ways to calm that down, make it manageable and enjoyable would be, you know, great. It's just learning great ways to do that so you can really enjoy the holidays. I completely agree. And I also, I just did a TikTok, TikTok on this the other day. Because it came to my mind that this is the first year in a few years where we have not had the valid excuse of COVID for most of us to be able to avoid family (laughs) or some of the things that we had done before. And I think a lot of therapists are going to be seeing these conversations come back into the sessions of how to navigate it. What do I want to engage in? No longer want to engage in now that I've had a little bit of a break. So I'm really glad we're having this conversation. Me too. And I really hope therapists are bringing this up in session, even if the clients don't bring it up because it's such an important, um, you know, you don't want to be dealing with the crisis after the fact or during the holidays. You really want to kind of talk about it and navigate it beforehand so they can prepare. You know, we talk about getting into the holidays and we prepare, we we decorate, we shop, you know, we buy food right? And we, we prepare food, but do we talk about how to navigate the emotions and the, and the dynamics of families? And so I, I'm really all about with emotional agility training, it's about, you know, training us to prevent bad things and disturbing things happening, to prevent bad feelings. And so we're looking into how to navigate that in an emotional, healthy way. Yeah. And it, it really, this is an ounce of pre- prevention, right? An ounce of prevention right. is worth whatever, whatever the saying is. <laughs> and trying to find a cure. It's a really uphill battle to, to try and resolve things later. It's so much easier to do the prevention piece. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's get into it. What are some of the things that, that you think people need to start thinking about? Well, one of them is to be really financially responsible. Um, here in America and, and probably throughout, you know, most of the world, we, you know, holidays are a big deal. We spend lots of money and we rack up our credit cards and that becomes very, very stressful. And even I've had it even in my office where clients will come in come January when bills are due <laughs> and like, oh, I can't pay for therapy. I, you know, I, I'm really short on, on, on money right now. And so how can we do this better? And, and it really is thinking about what can I afford? Because it's not always about like buying your loved ones expensive gifts. It is about showing them, I care about you. I thought about you. And that doesn't have to be something that's really expensive. So, um, you know, so it is kind of thinking about what, what is my budget? What can I afford overall? And then breaking it down to, okay, who am I going to be shopping for? You know, people do drop by with gifts sometimes. So give yourself a little wiggle room that you can last minute buy a few gifts, but that, but that you, but, but you're not going to be way over budget and maxing out your credit cards and, and creating stress for yourselves, you know, make it enjoyable for you too. Mm-hmm. And as you're speaking, one of the thing that's really coming to my mind is the importance of shared agreement about those things. So 
if it's with a partner or even within your greater family of what does that look like for us, I think is those are really important conversations to have in advance. So you're not making those decisions on the fly at the store or while you've got a bunch of things in your Amazon cart or whatever, that you have shared agreement on what those budgets are, because there is a financial hangover for a lot of people with the holidays. Yes. Yes. And so, and then that's a really good point is, is to talk about it with, with your partner and your family. And what does this look like? Um, I know, um, that I've met people who, you know, my family, we don't make it a big deal. Like we don't buy the most expensive presents. So we've made it manageable. I know, um, there's other families that are so huge. They have big extended families or maybe a lot of siblings with nieces and nephews. And so they draw out of a hat, someone they're, they're each getting a gift for. So you're not getting gift for everybody. It, it kind of limits it. So then you can, you know, then you can feel proud of your gift and things like that. So there's different ways and creative ways families have been able to make this more manageable. Yeah. And I'll tell on myself, um, my friends joke with me that I'm like the spreadsheet queen because I do love a good Excel spreadsheet. And I literally do have an Excel spreadsheet for the holidays. I know what our family budget is. And then Uh, I put down every single thing that I purchased for each person and how much it costs. So it will auto some for me and I'll know how much those things are. But then I have to keep in mind, my grandchildren, they really don't care what things cost. They get, they care that the same number of gifts is there for everyone. So someone might get something that came from the dollar store, but my, you know, two-year-old granddaughter is super excited to open that thing because when it came to be her turn again, she still had something. So But no, I do keep track of it on an Excel spreadsheet so that I always know where I'm at, which helps me with those decisions. If I'm at the store, I can quickly pull it up on my Google Drive and look and go, actually, I've finished for this grandkid. This might be a good thing for me to maybe get because it's on sale and I'll put it in the closet and save it for a birthday or something that's coming up. And those are really good points. Those are great ideas of, of how to manage it. You know, another thing that came up, um, a thought that came up while you were speaking is that, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen this with your grandkids. I've seen it with mine and even with my own children. You know, if you get too many things too, it's overwhelming. They they tend to not enjoy it as much because they're just opening gifts and opening gifts. And by the time they're done, they're tired and they're not interested in playing with anything. And it's just too much, right? And Absolutely. so coordinating with your family so you're not overwhelming the kids with too much is if there's something to that, there's something that they can make, maybe enjoy the holidays a little bit more and be a little less cranky for the holidays if you can make it more enjoyable for them. Yeah. Well, I think when you have fewer things that you're opening, you savor those things and you enjoy them more. You're more intentional with playing with them right away and just really enjoying that time. My family went away from, I mean, we obviously do um, a, everyone gets a gift and grandkids get a few more than a gift, but where we will put our money as a family experience. So we would rather go create a memory with our family and put our money into that than having more crap that you have to clean around when you get home. Yeah, yeah. My family is very similar to that too. Uh, We love doing these experiences. So Mm -hmm. that's a great idea. And beyond the financial piece, that also gets into like all of your own family stuff, especially if you have a partner, right? How How does your family show love with money or doesn't, they don't relate uh, love and money, like family dynamics get really weird around this kind of stuff for sure. Yeah. And you're kind of leading me into another tip, which is 
um, you know, no one's family is a home, like the Hallmark family, right? We all have different expectations. We all have different um, ways of doing it. And we have our own little quirks. I think I even have a cute little thing. So uh, relax. It's not, you know, we're all crazy. It's, it's not a competition. And, <laughs> um, you know, I, I do think that it, it's, it's looking, gosh, I'm going into all these different tips because <laughs> it all falls into one another. But, but it is, um, you know, find a healthy dynamic to engage in. Talk about expectations. Talk about, you know, what is this going to be about? It's not a time to bring up fam, you know, family uh, issues, right? That's right. something that we would deal with before or after the holidays, but maybe not during during the holidays. We kind of shelve it. I don't believe in, you know, shoving it down a hole and you know, and and uh, covering it, you know, and, and pretend it doesn't exist. But maybe during the holidays is not the right time to delve into it and bring it up. Um, so you can enjoy the family, but, but yes, talking about, you know, what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. Does that work for everybody is really, really important. I think we need to be mindful about, um, you know, about being present, you know, being there in the moment, looking for what are you enjoying? Is there a particular, um, relative that you really enjoy being with or, you know, sometimes it's a favorite food or it's a favorite, you know, there's, there's something about the holiday that you really relish and that you enjoy being with your family and looking forward to that piece and really focusing on what's positive and what's working and what, and what feels good to you. So being present in those places really help us enjoy the holidays as well. Do you have a favorite tradition or a favorite thing that that comes up for you for the holidays? I do. And it makes me, it leads me in, I'll tell you what it is. And then I'll tell you that it's important to honor what you don't want to do. So my favorite tradition in the holidays is my family all comes over, my extended family, siblings. I come from a big family. So siblings, cousins, whatever, they all come over. We pick our favorite Christmas cookie, holiday cookie, and then we all bake together or you know, we do at my house. It is mayhem and foolishness and madness. And I am here for all of it. I wear my candy cane earrings like I've got my favorite apron. It's a thing. I love it. I enjoy it. Now, for me, that's one of my favorite things. But I also have to recognize my daughter is very introverted. Having that many people at the house with noise, cra craziness, mayhem, and foolishness is her version of H-E double hockey sticks, right? That mm -hmm. is not where she wants to be at the holidays. And so I have to release my vision or expectation of what I want her to be for me at that, that experience and recognize she's going to come over when most of the people are starting to dwindle down and the chaos is calmed down and she'll come in and like eat cookies and talk to everyone. But really like she wants to hang out after the craziness has died down. And just because I am living my best life when it's happening, that's not hers. And I need to release her for her to enjoy her holidays in the way that she wants to. It's perfectly fine. It is. And, and and I'm so glad you brought that up because we are different. How we get energy and how we um, use up energy is very, very different depending on if you're extrovert or introvert. Extroverts, when we're in that chaos, you're obviously an extrovert, right? You oh, yeah. Why? The chaos, we gain energy. We, we, we you know, I, I actually was just even at a um, neighborhood party the other day and I wasn't feeling my best when I showed up to the party. But there was this young, um, there was a young man who was studying to be a psychotherapist and his energy and his excitement about what he was doing. And we started talking and connecting over the fact that, you know, I've been doing this for a really long time. 
that, you know, his energy just, he filled me up by the end of the evening. I was feeling great. I was like, oh my gosh. And I gave him a, you know, a big hug at the end. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for sharing your energy with me. Cause this really made me feel good. And my girlfriend even commented how she saw the difference and change in me. Whereas my husband, so I, I so my family is very, very similar. You know, he is an introvert and that kind of chaos really drains his energy like no tomorrow. And so it is really important. It was, it was actually um, an issue in my marriage because I couldn't understand why he kept trying to leave situations mm -hmm. and he wouldn't participate. And once I finally learned about introverts versus extroverts, and I understood and could honor the fact that it was draining for him and he needed to recharge by going someplace quiet and by himself or not coming with us to something really made a difference in our marriage. And so paying attention to how we gain energy or what drains our energy is really, really important, especially during the holidays, because it can be chaos or it can be quiet time. And how do we create those spaces for our loved ones to be okay? Absolutely. And that's great questions, not only for us to ask ourselves, but for us to ask our clients to be reflective on what is it that you enjoy the most about the holidays? And what is it that you really wish was not going on or that, that you could leave, <laughs> you could leave it, you know, and giving yourself permission to engage to the level that you're comfortable with, which, which actually my brain is ping ponging everywhere because family yes. dynamics in the holidays could go a thousand directions. Yes. But, um, so we both have grown children, right? We have been young married people and we have also been in the experience where we have grown children. So we know what those early years are like when you're trying to figure out who goes to whose family for what and how we divide all of that and how is it equitable and all that right. good stuff. And then consequently on the flip side, how do you manage your expectations now that you have grown children who now have other sets of parents or family members to consider as well? Those are interesting dynamics as well that start to get into play after you have a partner. Yeah. And sometimes I call them, the, some of that is the shoulds. I should do this and I should do that. And I kind of comment, don't should all over yourself. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you have to see what works for you. And especially as a young, you know, for young couples, they have to be able to create their own traditions too. And so it, it is worth figuring out what works for you, you know, mm -hmm. what, what what am I okay with doing? What am I not okay with doing? How do I, you know, if I want to spend time with both families on the same day every year, I think that's a little chaotic, but you might want to do that. That fills with, but that's what works for you. Then that's, it's not a should, it's I want. So understand no. the difference between should, because I think that's the expectation of me and I'm trying to meet everyone's expectation. And in the process, I'm exhausting myself and draining myself and stressing myself out versus, you know, um, what I want to do. And yeah. so, you know, and, and yeah, I've, I've, I've been dealing with that with our family of, you know, making it fair, maybe every other year, my daughter asked if she could do every other year with us. And we said, absolutely. But sometimes we'll just get all together. If it works, we'll just say, well, why doesn't everyone, you know, gather together in one house. And we, unfortunately we're able to do that. Um, we're able to say, let's all gather in one house for the holiday we really enjoy that probably the most because then no one's missing out and we get them more often rather than every other year. But, you know, it depends on what works for everybody that year. So we're very kind of flexible in that way. And I think that's, that's what works best for my family is to be a little flexible, have conversations about, oh, the holidays are coming up. How do we want to do it this year? What's going to work? 
this yeah. year for me, it's going to my family, which is my, my really good friends that, you know, we've had for ages and it's kind of become a tradition because I don't have family here in, in Colorado. I go to a friend's house and we all, we've been doing it together. There's three families that we all get together and, and it's really fun, but it's gotten so big because now our kids are grown and I have grandkids. It gets more complicated. So if I have everybody here in Colorado, I don't go to my family. I have my family and I try and gather as many family members together as possible, but sometimes I'll go with my family. I'm excited to go to my family this year. So I've kind of let my kids know this is what I'm doing. If you want to come, that's great. But, it, but if, you know, if that's not what you want, then, then you're going to do your own thing. And, and so it is kind of adjusting and changing and, and getting rid of those shoulds. Cause I could have easily had the should of, we have to all be together. Right? Absolutely. And one piece of advice I would give for those who are more at the stage where that Yael and I are, where we have grown children is don't be a jackhole. Your kids are trying to navigate really tricky relational things with their partners and the holidays too. So you know, I, I understand you always celebrated X, Y, or Z on a certain day, but if that date has to move one direction or another to be able to accommodate them, for them to be able to maintain good, high quality relationships with the other part of their family now, it's okay. It's okay. The important time is that you're intentional with spending time together. Don't make your home one of those places that feels like a pressurized should situation for your kids. Um, And and I've really tried to do that. And my son-in-law is a law enforcement officer. He will never work a traditional schedule. We will probably never celebrate the holiday with him on the holiday. And and my daughter as well, which is fine. So if his family needs to take the holiday when they can because of his schedule, that's okay. That's their son. We get that. We can be flexible and not put more stress and pressure on their their marriage and their relationship. It's okay. Yeah, no, it's important. It's, it's, it's all about how, and that's like, what a great gift you gave him for the holidays by understanding and not making it stressful. Right. And they're saying, Hey, we still want to celebrate you with you. We want to do these things with you. Let's pick a day to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that lets us off a hook too, because I mean, who doesn't sometimes love a nice little lazy morning on the holiday when there's no <laughs> expectations of you. So And the reality is I don't have kids at home, so I can go, you know, my son has five children. Is it easier for him to come to us or us to come to him? Let's be real, right? The kids have everything they need in their home. It is way easier for them if we come to them. Do I want to necessarily travel that far? Mm, Maybe not all the time because they they live quite a distance away, but I want to be with them. And I know that that is way easier on their family system if I make the adjustment to what my my tradition or expectation is and create a new one with their family. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, we kind of hit upon it a little bit, uh, a little bit ago, but you do want to do things in moderation during the holidays. Um, we, you know, we, when we talk about all this wonderful food and traditions that we have with the cookies and everything, you want to, you would do want to do things in moderation. So yes, enjoy. Absolutely. I always do. I mean, this time of year, Snickers are calling my name and saying, come and eat me because I love Snickers. <laughs> um, but if I eat too much, like I'm going into type two, uh, type two diabetes, I shouldn't be eating a lot of that. So I do. And even if you're not, we put on weight during this time of year and it's really, it's a lot easier to put it on than to take it off. Oh, and heck so yeah. You want to make sure that we're doing things in moderation that we're enjoying. So, you know, 
maybe half a slice of pie or, or like two cookies instead of, you know, five. So it's just, it's doing things in moderation. Also with alcohol, this is a time of year where we're drinking a lot of alcohol and um, mm-hmm. for those who consume. And so it, you want to do that in moderation, alcohol lowers inhibitions, and then we might do or say things without the filter that can be hurtful and harmful to the relationship into making it a nice place to be during the holidays, you know, with our family. So limit your alcohol, limit that, you know, the, your libations and, and just enjoy, you know, the moments of being mindful in the moment, enjoying the beautiful parts of the holiday. And that brings up, brings me to my next thing to talk about, which is having boundaries when maybe people are not having a healthy relationship with alcohol or something else in the moment when you're at someone's house, right? With just because it's your mom, your uncle, your whatever, it's okay for you to say, you know, um, we're going to go ahead and head home. You don't have to stay till the end if you can tell that maybe things are taking a turn or the emotion of the room or the energy of the room is starting to shift or there's kids around and you don't want them around it. Just because they're your family doesn't mean that you have to stay in that situation. If you have a boundary of we don't want to expose our kids to Uncle Dave's drunken shenanigans after 10 o'clock, well, then that's fine. We leave at 930. No big deal. It's perfectly okay to draw those boundaries. And families could say, well, why aren't you going to stay? And just say, ah, you know, the kids have had a big day. You know, you guys have a great time. And then just leave. It's not the time for confrontation, but draw boundaries that are healthy for yourself and for your family. Yes. And I, I'm a licensed marriage family therapist. So I'm all about healthy relationships and healthy boundaries. And in fact, I think most people think if I set a boundary, I'm being doing something aggressive. I, I'm being confrontational. And I say, no, boundaries, people don't know where boundaries and let me let them know where they are. Yes. It's, you know, a lot of the time, sometimes, and we shouldn't assume people can mind read and know where our boundaries are, but boundaries allow for healthy relationships. Uh It it helps us not have toxic relationships with family and friends. So boundaries are incredibly important to set, to, to, to discuss. And I think you do that before the holidays. You don't wait till Christmas morning or Thanksgiving day to start talking about your expectations. I would do it way ahead of time. Um, with a lot of my clients who, who do have toxic relationships within their family, I do say, have an exit plan. Don't ever host, don't ever host because you can't leave if you're hosting and that, so, so you, you go to see your family. That's great. Don't stay at the house, stay, stay at a, another place that you can escape to. Um, and so that those are really, really important, you know, setting boundaries using I messages. So when this happens, I feel not that you make me feel you eliminate the word you, but when this happens, I feel disrespected or whatever that is. Could we please try not to do that ahead of time? And I will say, if it happens, you need to be consistent with your message. So if you're inconsistent and you do the should, well, I should just play nice. It's the holidays. You know, I'm saying, no, you need to be, you need to be consistent in your message, but you're changing the rules. So if you've never set a boundary with your family members and you suddenly show up and start setting boundaries, you're changing the rules on them. So if you don't tell them ahead of time, you're going to change the rules. That's going to blow up in your face. Absolutely. Yes. That discussion ahead of time is so important. And so I I keep saying the word expectations, discuss expectations. I've said this the entire podcast, 
And it's really important to talk about expectations. And it's not about you have to do this, but this bothers me. This feels disrespectful. This is hurtful. And so I'd appreciate if this behavior or these words are not said or, you know, things along those lines, saying things along those lines are really, really helpful because maybe they weren't aware and that might be a discussion you can have. And I'm going to say people aren't going to get it the first try. So have some patience with this process. It's a process of people understanding to learn your boundaries, to respect those boundaries. They're going to go into knee jerk behaviors. And so to remind them like, Hey, you know, I'm kind of seeing that behavior again and say it really sweetly and nicely just to point out to them. Now, if they just kind of blow you off, you can say, okay, you know, I'm not feeling so good. I'm going to leave. Absolutely. And, and it's okay to exit those kind of situations. If it feels toxic to you and not okay. It's not meant to be a punishment. It is meant to be that you're keeping yourself safe emotionally and mentally, and that you're not going to allow that toxicity to ruin your day. A lot of family members are better over lunch. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> Some family members are better just to have lunch with. But speaking, so emotional agility, I know you created a whole um, uh, program about it. You've got boundary baskets. I want to talk about the, with emotional agility, taking care of yourself over the holidays, because this is a season that does come with a lot of family expectations, right. a lot of shoulds. And I want you to give yourself permission to curate the holiday that you want. So not having to should all over yourself of saying yes to everything. If you know that you do not want to be out every, you know, both Friday and Saturday, plus I had a work thing Wednesday night. If you don't want to do all of that, well, then you do not have to do it. It is perfectly okay to say no, because you've got to balance your own energy or you come into January and you're exhausted. That's the opposite of what holidays are supposed to be able to do for ourselves or what right. we hope they'll do for ourselves, which is, a, you know, rejuvenation and uh, new beginnings and all of that stuff. So take care of yourself over the holidays as well. Yes. And, you know, you know, during COVID, it was interesting because I didn't get to be around people and get all this energy. So I had to get energy in different way. And I'm a little bit, I get tired more easily <laughs> people all the time because you know, this is, this last year has been adjustment. All of a sudden we're peopling again, right? We're getting around people. And so learning how to be around people and not allow yourself to get exhausted. That's like a new thing that I'm coping with and dealing with. And so, yes, I do have this emotional agility program. Um, you mentioned my boundary basket. So I do have within my training, I have little, little snippets, little videos that people can purchase and watch. And one of them is called the boundary basket and just discuss how to set boundaries, how to approach them, how to talk about them, how to visualize and understand what that means to set boundaries. So I have that within my program. I also have basic just coping skills with anxiety and depression and things like that, that all create that emotional agility. During COVID, um, we needed emotional agility. We needed that. So the words resilience came up and, th and, and um, prevention started coming up. And so I created this program to encompass all these things, but I'm also a trauma therapist. And I realize sometimes things are really disturbing and trying to teach a traumatized brain how to cope with those things um, can be very difficult, but it's better to do, like you said, ask prevention than trying to find the cure and, and, and trying to cure something. And so this is all meant to be preventative. It, it's getting you into good, healthy habits 
So there's healthy habits in my, in my training that you can take to just kind of learn how can I do that? Resilience and emotional agility is not about never getting knocked down. It's not about never being sad or disappointed. It is about, okay, so we fill these things. How do we overcome them and pick ourselves back up? That's what resilience and emotional agility is. How do we deal with things that are, that are uncomfortable and then, and then be able to move, focus on them, process them and move on and move forward in a healthy way. And that's what this emotional agility training is all about. Amazing. So how can people connect with you or um, purchase the training? What do you want to share? Okay. So you can go to my website, Schumann Psychotherapy. So S-H-U-M-A-N Psychotherapy, P-S, am I spelling this right? P-S-Y-C-H-O-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com. And um, I do have a tab that, that talks about um, equipped emotional agility training. It's on this tab, prevent, pre-trauma prevention. So clip on that tab on the very bottom of that page, there is a link to the emotional agility um, website where you can purchase these classes. Awesome. Well, if you want to treat yourself for the holidays, you are also welcome to go on my website, counselingcommunity.com. And uh, click to come to Portugal with us for a retreat on focusing on business growth and marketing in October. So you're welcome to do that too. If you want to end of the year tax deduction, I've got one waiting for you. Oh, I'm looking um, at that one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for being on. Uh, I appreciated our conversation and hopefully this prompts those that are listening or the, the therapists that are listening to start talking about this with their clients again. An ounce of prevention is worth more than finding the cure. Um, so everyone get out there and live your best dang life. Thanks again for being on. Thank you.